Hello, Career Cohort. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Emily Wong, founder of Words of Distinction. We talk about tools for achieving career success, inspirational stories about overcoming career and life challenges, and how we can recalibrate our perspective to better enjoy the journey forward. I had so much fun chatting with Heather Vickery. As you'll hear, she brought contagious energy to the conversation because she's passionate about inspiring authentic actions in both our personal and professional lives. Heather is a transformational success coach, public speaker, respected author, Broadway producer, and global podcast host. Heather is an executive producer and co-host of Was It Chance? The podcast about taking intentional risk for creative success. Most important, Heather is a champion of everyday bravery and self-empowerment. So grab your cup of coffee or tea, your walking shoes, or whatever makes you comfortable while you listen to podcasts and hear what Heather has to say about embracing fear and stepping out with bravery. Here we go. Hey, Heather. Hello, Emily. How are you? I'm doing well. It's so nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. I'm so excited to be here with you. Well, likewise. Ever since I saw your picture of you on the Brooklyn Bridge, and then I was like, oh, (laughs) I was just there too. I think we were around the same time. I know you spent a lot of time in New York City. My podcast co-host is a Brooklynite, so yeah. Yeah, and you're also a producer of Broadway plays, right? Well, a little bit. Thanks to Alan. Alan got me into the producer world, so it's just a little bit. I've only dipped my toe in, but it's a really fun thing to say. And as soon as I said yes, as soon as I sent in that investment, I said to him, "Um, I can put Broadway producer on my bio now, right? He's like, absolutely. So (laughs) it went all in. And, And our show won a Tony. Our show won a Tony. How cool is that? What was it? Can you share? It's called Dana H. And we did two shows and The Room. Okay. Well, I I need to look up some. I need to educate myself. (laughs) They're both plays. Neither of them were musicals. They were both plays. I'm a big musical person. So when we were there, we saw some like a hot, which I told you, which was also wonderful. I mean, everything on Broadway is wonderful. So absolutely. Never had a bad experience. And by the way, that podcast name is, what is it called again? It's Was It Chance. Was It Chance. And I believe the premise of of that is that, you know, that that Seneca quote of preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Preparation meets opportunity. So, yeah. So, yeah. So we're, we're constantly, whatever we're doing, and it's all related to this topic today, we're constantly moving forward and we're putting ourselves into that position. Yes. So Was It Chance is the podcast about taking intentional risk for creative success. But when we talk about, so we talk about manifestation, but both my personal platform, my work and the podcast is, you know, manifestation isn't, you know, wanting something and then it just magically appears. It's declaring something and then shifting the way you show up in the world so that you create the thing that you want. A big distinction. I I totally agree with that. Yeah. I wanted to tell you, I am drinking matcha in your oh, honor. I love it. Thank <laughs> you. I wish I were drinking matcha. If I'd known, I would have had I my oat milk you. lavender matcha latte ready to go. Oh, that sounds... <laughs> so I was first introduced to lavender lattes in LA when I went to visit my son. He took us to a wonderful breakfast place. 
And that was just regular coffee with lavender. And I never, ever thought that those would be a good combination. Yeah. And then I lived in Japan years ago and I was always been a matcha fan. But this is with, this is not oatmeal. This is cream. <laughs> okay. This is full on. Which, sure, it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, it is. The really oat good. milk has a little sweetness to it. So, mm. uh, yeah, I'm a fan. And I, my favorite is from the local independent coffee shop down the street called Cribby Coffee. Shout out to them if you are ever in the Oak Park area. Okay. But I do have all the stuff and I can make it at home. And so I do that as well. Oh, can you tell me I'm in the market for a new, I have a, I have a Mr. Coffee. <laughs> That's all I have. Um, so if you have well, a good so matcha, one like. I, I blend my matcha. I make uh -huh. my matcha fresh. And if mm -hmm. I'm doing a hot oat milk lavender matcha latte, then I will heat up my milk and I have a little bit of a frother and you just put the pumps in and then pour the matcha in. And if I'm doing ice, then I just keep it cold. Yeah. So that's just, you just use your matcha bowl and with a whisk, stir with right? The whisk. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Although I have a great coffee maker for it. I don't know why your audience would care about all of this, but we switched from a, I mean, I think if Mr. Coffee's probably better than K-Cups. K-Cups are gross. Uh, yeah, I don't like um, those. Yeah. And also terrible for the environment. Mm -hmm. But we have a Ninja, which is so cool. So it's like cold press. They cold press the coffee grinds and mm -hmm. then it comes, has this whole process. It's the best coffee I've ever had. And oh, I love it. So okay, highly recommend the Ninja coffee maker. Okay. And it's got the little frother on the side. Okay, because so. there's so many out there and everybody's <laughs> pushing theirs. And I'm and and just so the audience knows, we are not promoting anything. I love my Ninja coffee maker. <laughs> okay. I'll put it in the show notes in case anybody is looking for a Christmas present. Okay. So I do want to say this. You know, we're talking about bravery. We're going to talk about bravery today. And I have to say, because you reached out to me, then I checked you out. I looked at your uh, Instagram profile and you come across as sparkly and joyful and <laughs> so you. comfortable in your own skin. And I want to know, were you born this way or did uh -huh. you have to nurture this kind of vibe? I, I really want to know. Great question. Uh, yes. And is the answer. I do believe I was born with a little sparkle. I've never been afraid of being center stage. I was a performer. I have a theater degree. So that is there. What I've had to cultivate in myself is the pitch, right? Mm -hmm. So putting myself out there and asking people, hey, would you consider me? Can I come into your world? Can I be on your show? Pitching myself to speak. I've been a keynote speaker for a long, long time. I mean, I've been a business owner for 25 years. I turn 49 tomorrow. So I've been mm -hmm. doing this You're pretty much my entire Oh, I, I love that because it doesn't feel <laughs> it doesn't feel like a baby, but also, you know, it's great. I was with a client um, earlier today who's 63 and she's like, I don't feel 63, but her business just took off in the last five years. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I just love it because it gives me so much hope that we're just always evolving, right? And Absolutely. that ties into bravery. That only happens. When you are brave enough to show up and, and keep reinventing and bravery, just like success, must be self-defined because, Emily, what feels brave to you is going to be very different than what feels brave to me or to any of your audience members. So cultivating, putting myself out there, making keynote presentation pitches. I know I'm amazing on stage. I know you want me on your stage. Mm -hmm. I know I can connect with your audience, but writing out a pitch 
and sending it in and saying, oh gosh, I hope they like me is terrifying to me. And I have actually been embracing that in the last two weeks because I'm committed next year to getting on more stages. And the message that I have can go into any industry, right? So I just pitched speaking at a, a women's leadership in real estate conference because coming home to yourself, belonging to yourself, building your foundation of self-love, self-trust, intuition, compassion, authentic expression, that's for everybody, mm-hmm. right? So I have had to get out of my own way and embrace my own inner fear and go, okay, I'm going to put it out there. They can't hire me if they don't know I'm here to be hired. So I have to show up. So, you know, when you think about HR and you think about submitting your resume or networking or getting to know people, if they don't know you're there, the answer is no. And that for me feels really brave every yeah. time I do it. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, for sure. I had no idea when I read your introduction in my inbox that you had that. That was your challenge. That is the yeah. fear you're overcoming. Well, because thank I was you. actually going to ask good. you. So what That's are good. your fears? What like what can they possibly <laughs> oh, be? I have so many. Oh, come on. We all do. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And I was struggling with, you know, I'm constantly okay. I'm nervous. I will say I'm going to kind of jump ahead on something that you I've either heard you say on a podcast or maybe you wrote it in your blog, but it was that idea of coming up with your list of why shouldn't I or or what's scary about it and if I take the risk what's the worst thing that can happen and then is it worth it? Is that risk worth it? Well, that's an exercise I take many of my clients through, and it's actually in my book as well. So you probably saw it and read it and heard it in lots of places. The thing about fear is that it's in the future, unless you're being chased by a bear in this moment, the thing you're afraid of doesn't exist right now. So if you can get really comfortable with it, you can list it out. Well, what are the things I'm afraid of? And then you get super honest with yourself. What is the worst thing that can happen? And so if we're going to talk about me pitching myself to be on your show, literally the worst thing that could have happened, the very worst thing is you could have just been an awful person and you could have written back and said, who do you think you are that you (laughs) want to be on my show? And then I would have been like, well, she's not very nice. I'm glad I'm not on that show, right? Uh The next thing that could have been bad is nothing. You could have just ignored me and then I would have maybe felt bad, but not terrible. But what's the best thing that could happen? It's exactly what happened. You said, oh, Heather, this is really cool. Thanks for reaching out. Let's meet. We met, we talked, we liked each other. And now I'm on your show. Whatever happens from here, I surrender and release. I'm excited to be here and share this space with you. I hope somebody hears it and it lights them up and it shifts something for them. That's not the point. The point is here we are together. Mm -hmm. So you can go through all of these fears that you have about something and you have to be honest. It's self-awareness. It's no judgment. It's don't catastrophize. What's the very worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that could happen? And then is it worth the risk to try? In this case, it was. Right. You know, so, so going back to that, there's an exercise I do with myself because I can wake up in the morning and my head will be spinning with worry. Mm. And I don't know why it's spinning because there's all this jumble and tangle of all these thoughts that I, I haven't organized. So what I do is I get up and I have my little journal that's Great. called M's Words. It's backwards, <laughs> I, I know, for that. you, right? I love that, M's Words. And this was a gift from somebody and... 
I, I get it all out on paper so I can actually see what my worries are. That's beautiful. And then I go through the same thing that you're talking about. I think that's such a helpful, helpful exercise. So I wanted yeah. to emphasize that. And I also I want people to understand, that. like, I have these worries and these fears. Yeah. Oh, we all do. We all do. You, you mentioned somebody you were working with who was in her 60s, you said, and yeah. just has her mm -hmm. business for for five years. And one of my friends kicked off a series of 60th birthdays. And I'm one of those people whose 60th birthday is coming up. And I have to say, this group of women are just amazing and inspiring. And I'm also the youngest of eight. Oh, the youngest of eight. And wow. I will tell you this. 70 doesn't look bad either. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, That's I have great. incredible role models. And I want to say that I have a quote. Ah, okay. So my friend Diane is the one who had the birthday party. And then on her birthday, she had a bunch of quotes about turning 60. And she said, and this is actually from David Bowie, aging is an extraordinary process where you become the person you mm. always should have been. So yeah, you're nodding, you know this, chills. you know this yeah. quote. Isn't that an amazing yeah. quote? I love it. It's beautiful. I'll tell you, I have a really, there's a story, I share this story in my book and I've done a solo episode. So I also have a podcast called The Brave Files, which is an interview show. It's taking a break right now. But years ago, I did a solo episode and I relate, I don't know if you know this or not, I think this is so fascinating, that the color the leaves turn in the fall is their natural color. The green is chlorophyll filling them. And as they are ending their life cycle, they show up as their own natural brilliant self. Oh. Isn't that just the coolest that fact? That is my very cool. My third grader taught me that years ago. But when my grandmother was passing away, she was sick for a long time. You know, I don't know, you want to get into this or whatever, but I went through a huge transformation in, in my life. I came out of the closet at the age of 38. I got a divorce. I burned down my whole life and rebuilt it on my own terms. And I was always terrified of what she was going to say and what she was going to think. And she ended up being lovely about it, but I just, we didn't talk about it very often because I was so afraid of not being approved of by her and not being wanted by her. I'm going to cry. And the last conversation I had with her, so this goes back to showing our true colors. That's what the episode is called, True Colors, at the end of our life. The last conversation I ever had with her, we were on the phone and we'd just been small talking and we went to hang up and she said, Heather, hold on a second. And I said, okay. And she said, I want you to know how proud I am of you because what you've done couldn't have been easy. And I think you're very, very brave. Oh my gosh. It was the greatest gift anybody's ever given me in my whole life. But this notion of she was afraid to say that five years before because we are sometimes so afraid to show up mm -hmm. honestly and mm -hmm. willing to explore and change our minds about things. But there's something beautiful that happens when you age. Yes. Where you can go, yeah. you know what? It just doesn't all matter. Right. I'm going to focus on what matters. I'm going to let the rest of it go. And we can tap into that a little bit earlier if we're super conscious and aware. That's a beautiful story. And Thank you. your grandmother must have been, I mean, she was two generations removed from you. Yes. 
She was young. She was 16 when she had my mom, barely had been 16 for about a month when she had my mom. And my mom was 21 when she had me. But yes, so not two that generations. far, but, but still, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's pretty remarkable. And what a gift that she was able to share that with you before she Greatest gift left. I've ever gotten. Yeah. So I want to go to where we were supposed to start this conversation. <laughs> talked matcha we've talked coffee we've talked death i mean who knew yeah well this is it's a circle of life okay so you have a book called i do f fearless and you're (laughs) welcome to spell it out if you need i mean to say it if you want to it does have an asterisk in it there's an asterisk in it Yeah. yeah so you've written a bunch of books you've hosted a couple of fantastic podcasts Thank you. And let's just start about, so the full, the full uh, title is F Fearless, Making a Brave Leap. And my understanding is that you don't believe that we need to overcome fear. It's that we need to get brave because fear is always going to be with us and that's okay. Right? Yeah. So go, go for it here. Yeah. So yes, it is. It's called fuck fearless, making the brave leap. And it is exactly that. Like fear exists. What I'm afraid of is probably different from what you're afraid of, or maybe there are some overlaps, you know, some humanity things, but fear is going to be there. And in some cases, Fear is really important. In some cases, fear saves your life. It's what keeps you from, you know, walking down the middle of a busy highway. Like, I'm afraid of getting hit by that car. Yeah, that's good. That's smart. You should be afraid of that. But in other cases, fear either owns you or empowers you. You either let fear drive the bus and get in control of your life, or you get curious with it and you get down to brass tacks with it and you say, okay, fear, what am I actually afraid of? What is this really? And it's usually not the thing you think it is. So if we want to go back to my example of pitching myself to do keynote presentations, the fear isn't that I'm not going to get the job, that they're not going to hire me. The fear is that somebody is going to say to me, why do you think that you're qualified to do this? Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, if that's what I'm really afraid of, what do I know for sure? Well, I know for sure that I'm qualified to do this because I do this, right? So I don't need to be afraid of sending that pitch, right? So we just get really clear with ourselves and we say, okay, well, you can stick around because the fear doesn't go away in a lot of cases. You can stick around, but I'm going to put you in my pocket. I'm going to do this thing anyway, and let's just see what happens. And we get to let go of fear of mistakes. One of my mentors is a man named Benjamin Zander. He's amazing. And he says, if you can, instead of thinking that a mistake or a failure is the end of the world, can you be curious about it? When something quote unquote bad happens, throw your hands in the air and go, how fascinating (laughs) and be curious (laughs) about what you've learned from it. That's what I'm talking about with fear. Be curious and learn from it and look for possibilities. It's all about uh, letting go of what you think you know for sure and going, okay, well, if there are other things that could be true, would I behave differently? Would I try different things? Would I adventure a little bit more? And there's, and it's there. There's almost always multiple things that could be true at once. And it's up to you to decide what you want to pursue. Right. And I think the word intentional, which you've talked about is so important. Yeah. When I was, uh, I liked to think that I was brave when I was a teenager, but it was not intentional. 
right? It was just stupid. <laughs> just <they're> teenage in... <laughs> brain? <laughs> yeah. So there's a huge difference, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I think I overly course corrected. Yeah, that I wasn't brave, right? Especially when I had my kids and I, I yeah. wanted them to not be me. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, my kids are out and they're not completely out of the house. They come back and visit, but they're, you know, they're on their own. And I feel like I did a decent job and they've done a decent job of, of raising their, my husband did a good job. And so now I can really focus on, okay, what am I going to do next? What's the next thing that's going to be scary? And the last thing that I did that was like big, big scary was probably starting this podcast. But I do scary things like every week. I will say that for sure. Yeah, We should do something a little bit scary every day. It doesn't need Mm -hmm. to feel like you're jumping off a cliff, Yeah, but a little something that takes you out of your comfort zone. Because the truth is everything you really want is just on the other side of uncomfortable. Exactly. I gotta love, get yeah, a little I love uncomfortable. That. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So we talked about your, your fear. We talked about your big life transition of coming out and, and getting yeah. your divorce. Big, big deal. Is that kind of what triggered you to write the book? Or did you have an epiphany even before that, that uh, is not that you should be not facing your fear, but you should be, be just being brave. It, like, did it all happen at the same time or is it was no, a process? No, the book was several years after my divorce and um, closing one successful business to start another and mm-hmm. all of that. So but what did happen? So the book breaks down the Brave Method. The Brave Method is my creative strategic approach to problem solving, dreaming, designing, building, and actually having a life that you love. It is a method I take all of my clients through along with all of the other modalities I'm certified in, positive psychology, human design, NLP, EFT, like all of the stuff I love to learn, right? The BRAVE method, though, and BRAVE is an acronym. It stands for boundaries, what I call the three R's, reassessment, reframing, resilience, action and accountability, vulnerability, and the E, those are your results, expansion and empowerment. So I knew I was embracing the word BRAVE. I knew that that was what I wanted the platform to be. And when I started to think about all of the steps that I had taken in order to show up for myself authentically and honestly, to do the really hard things and to let go of what didn't serve me anymore and to stand in my own power, those things were what I did. And I just was able to put them into the word brave and make it work. And the book came years later. So the way I came to the book was, I want to share the Brave Method, but I also want to share some of my personal stories, memoir-like. And I had done so many interviews on the Brave Files. I had worked with so many clients. So I share a little bit of my story within each of the different sections, each of the five sections. And then I do a case study, either of somebody I interviewed or somebody that I've worked with. And then there's a Brave in Action prompt, a thing you can go and do right now. So it's part memoir, part case study, part workbook. So you can go out and really practice this work. And what I love so much about the Brave Method is it's it's a 360 approach and it applies to everything in your life. So I've used it a lot for business owners and entrepreneurs. I have one client who lost her mother a couple of years ago and she came to me and said, I don't think I could have survived this without the Brave Method because I had to have boundaries on what was going to be okay and what wasn't during the death process, what was okay with family, what wasn't, what was acceptable. How am I going to get myself out of this? How am I authentic and vulnerable in this space? How am I asking for support and help? All of those different things, right? 
And she's like, it's just completely changed my life. And that particular client, I swear, I mean, she's just like, we joke, she's like the perfect practitioner of the brave method. She uses it in, in every aspect. She wants to start a podcast. She does this. She's going to date somebody new. She wants to use the brave method. Yep. She, yep. she uses it at work. She does it everywhere because it really, really works. And it requires us to pause, be in the moment, be here now, experience this, be really honest with yourself, be super, super aware and not to bullshit yourself, right? Yeah. Like you've got to tell yourself the truth and then, and then you have to do the thing. And right. that's often the hardest part. Yeah. Did you touch on community? Um, I haven't really talked about community. I think that community is really, really important. Um, so much of my work right now is building a foundation of, um, knowing ourselves, liking ourselves, trusting ourselves, having our worth and value come from inside and building that as a foundation before you go out into community. Because I think what people do so often is they go out into the world looking for all of the answers. But we have the answers. You have the answers. Just need to be guided maybe sometimes in how to find them inside yourself. And what happens when we do that work for ourselves internally and then go out into community is we really get to make things happen, right? We really get to be part of disruption and change in all the right ways. We get to pursue our dreams in bigger ways. We get to support other people in really big, beautiful, bold ways. Um, you have the answers. It's just about trusting yourself. So I'm a big fan of community. I have a membership community called the Spark Collective, which I actually have. It's $8 a month which is crazy cheap because I really believe that anybody who wants to show up for themselves and do this work for themselves, you can do it in five or 10 minutes a day. It's not a big time commitment. It doesn't need to be a big money commitment. Just decide you're worth showing up for. And I want that available for everyone, regardless of what your financial situation is and what your schedule is. So it's going to stay low like that because for me, I just, I know that we can change the world if people can belong to themselves first. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. Thanks. And and also, I think the other thing that you do is you've built your community. I'm glad that you went back to say, oh, we've got to start with ourselves. Because once we know, we really truly know ourselves and we have that self-awareness, then we're going to build our community based on, and I want to be careful with this because I don't want to say that we have to agree with everybody. That's right. But, no. but we yeah. want that supportive community and we want to, we need people to bounce things off of, right? Absolutely. I know I call it in the book, I call it your personal board of directors yes. as well. Yeah. And those aren't, those aren't yes people. They are cheerleaders. They are people who, even when they were like, you are making the biggest mistake ever, but you have my support and I love you. We yeah. do need those people. Yeah. But we also need people who are going to tell us the truth. Mm -hmm. and give us space to dream big and have possibilities. Community is super important. And feeling like you're not alone, you're not the only one going through this work, you're not the only one who's had these experiences, it just, it, it changes the game. Loneliness is one of the most dangerous feelings that we can have. Absolutely. One of the things that we've learned scientifically with positive psychology is that gratitude, which is 100% scientifically proven to increase overall joy, happiness, and well-being while decreasing stress, anxiety, and depression. One of the main reasons it does that is because it reminds us that we are not alone. Right. We are not all on an island. Mm -hmm. And science is wild like that. It's really cool. And I've heard you say, and I agree with this, is that you can't 
hold gratitude in your brain while worrying about something. It doesn't. That's correct. They can't coexist, right? Yeah, they cannot coexist. And yeah. so, look, I want to be really clear because people get the idea that even my 10-year-old said, she was being super negative. I was like, do you want to be negative, Nellie? She goes, no, but I don't want to be positive, Peggy, either. <laughs> and I'm not talking about toxic positivity. I'm right. not talking about pretending that icky things don't happen and that we don't feel mm. certain ways. We want to feel all of our feelings. We want to welcome them without judgment. We want to learn from them. And we want to be curious about them. And then what are you going to shift your focus to, right? Because if you keep your focus on the negative it will keep coming back. You right. will get more and whatever right. you focus on, you will get more and more of. So you can say, okay, well, what's the positive of this or what's in this for me? And you can move into that direction. And yeah, you cannot keep negative and positive thoughts in your mind at the same time. Literally doesn't work. You should try it. You'd be like, well, I can't do that. Yeah. And so decide what you want to put all of your energy into. It's a great exercise. I agree. Well, so we talked about your book. So was there anything else besides what we've already talked about, like your pitch that required bravery when you were writing your book? Anything big that stands out? Everything. <laughs> uh, it's it's hard. It's intimidating. I actually wrote the first draft of this book during NaNoWriMo, for those of you who know it. So that's National yeah. Novel Writing Month, which is in November. This is a U.S.-based program, even though people all over the world do it. Why they would pick November is beyond me because it's a hard month for it. Uh, but I've done it several times. And um, this particular book, it was probably the third time I've done NaNoWriMo. And I uh, was writing all through the month. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to get there. So I went and got a hotel room for four days. And I just sat and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I did finish. My daughter's birthday is on November 30th. So my goal is actually to finish on November 29th so that I could be available to her on her birthday. And I felt such a beautiful sense of relief. And then I let the book sit there for a year. I did not open it. I did not look at it. I did not do anything with it because it was just, it, there was so much fear embraced in just writing it and telling this truth. And then I was afraid like, oh my gosh, if I go back and look at this, is it going to suck? Have I humiliated myself? <laughs> you know, can I really put this out? And then it became important to me to share the message. So you go back. You do another draft. Then I hired a developmental editor and we went through and we went back and forth for several months together. Then a line editor and, you know, all of these steps and every step is excruciating. And you write a book, you don't realize that you're going to read this book like three or four hundred times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. going to read your book over and over and over again. And I'll tell you what was kind of the coolest thing for me, Emily, was every time I reread it, I was like, damn, Heather, this is good. <laughs> you did a good job. This is a good book. I would want to read this book if I didn't write it. And it never, I never got tired of it. And um, to me, that's such a good sign. And I, I had so much fun. And it, just November 12th, I think, was when I had a book launch party two years ago. And on that day, a former client who I haven't talked to in a really long time, I had probably 30 clients come from all over the country into my book launch party to celebrate with me, which was such a gift. And he sent me a picture of all of them. And he was like, two years ago tonight, you should be so proud. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I am. I am so proud. And yeah. how awesome was that, that you kept re having to read it? Like you had to do that, but it was you all have this, to. Editing this cycle of positive, yeah. positive, positive, reflecting right back onto you. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's beautiful. This is the other thing. If you're writing a book, I will tell you, you will publish your book. 
it will go to print and somebody will find a typo. I promise <laughs> it will happen. It's fine. Let it go. I, yeah. One of my one of my friends was like, well, there's this thing I'm paying. I was like, nope, nope, no. Oh, I, don't hear it. <laughs> I do that all the time. And I people pay me to write and I, I do a pretty good job on the resumes and the other career documents. But when I'm writing my blog or my newsletter, uh, I always go, oh, shoot, I already pressed send on that, you know, so so I hear you. You know, what's funny, this has just come up uh, so much. Of, you know, we are human and the humanness of of it is so important and just sort of cutting ourselves some slack. Yeah. I have a reel right now on Instagram that's doing incredibly well. I'm telling the story of being in the mountains in Mallorca and doing active breath work and getting the message that I need to tell people belong to yourself first. I'm sharing that whole story. And I did close captions on it. And I was so excited and I was putting it all together. And I didn't realize that the closed caption had taken the word Mallorca, mm -hmm. which is an island, yeah. and separated it into my, M-Y, Orca, O-R-C-A. <laughs> and I didn't notice it. I watched that. I watched that reel over and over and over again before I posted it. People are watching it. People are loving it. It's doing really well. And one of my colleagues said, is Mallorca like a human design thing? I was like, what are you talking about? Ha, ha, ha. And I realized, and I was like, it took everything I had not to take that down and redo it. Yeah. I was right. like, oh, I'm humiliated. Oh my gosh, I can't leave this up there. People are going to think I'm so stupid. And and I'm like, no, you know what? It's resonating. It's charting with people. It's a beautiful video. And it's a mistake because we're human beings and we all get to make them. So I just went and edited the caption. I was like, yeah, you guys, it's it's Mallorca. It's the island. Yeah. Sorry. You know what? We, I was just talking to Ellen Tafe. It was the, the previous to... When I release our conversation, her, I don't know what number it is, but she previous episode, previous yeah. episode. And, uh, that was just that one big thing that that's what holds us back mm -hmm. early in our career. That perfectionism works really well when we're supposed to be very detail oriented, but when we're trying to get to that next level, if we're still getting hung up on that and listen, I know exactly what you're talking about, Heather. <laughs> Because, so because you're also an English major, right? I so you am. feel English like that theater. writing part, that communication <laughs> is so, so important. So if you were like, you know, yep. an engineer and you made a mistake, it'd be like, ah, no big deal, right? That's such a good point because scientists make mistakes all day, every day. Mm -hmm. It's like yes, not a thing for do. them, but the they rest do. of us yep. think we have to be perfect all the time. Right. And that's why when you were talking about curiosity, that's the same thing as having the mind of a scientist and just saying, Absolutely. okay, I'm going to try this. Oh, I love that. I might do a live show about that, Emily. Yeah, you, you absolutely should. <laughs> you should. Let, let me know. Embrace your inner it. scientist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're winding down. I want to hear, I know you uh, celebrate that you think celebrating is important. How do you celebrate when you have a big win? Celebration is so important. There's a whole chapter on it in the book. I celebrate with all my clients. Here's why it's important to celebrate. Celebration begets celebration. Celebration is related to gratitude. Celebration reminds us that we have done good work. We have done hard work and it is paying off. And I urge you to celebrate everything not just the big things, celebrate across the board. So I even $8 a month membership, 
every time somebody pays me $8, I get up and I do a little dance and I'm like <laughs> pumping the air. I'm like, ooh, ooh, somebody said yes. Yeah. Um, and if it's a really big thing, if I've landed a big thing, it usually involves putting on Pink's Raise Your Glass and a full-on dance party. The day that I sent my book to the printer, I turned it up all my whole house, every speaker on my house, and I jammed out to it and celebrated it. And in fact, it's the song that we have play after I've finished a keynote presentation when I'm coming off the stage. Oh, that's Razor cool. Glass by Pink, which is just kind of my happy place. So whatever that looks like for you, maybe it's telling a friend, maybe it's having a piece of chocolate, maybe it's sending a text or posting on social media, or just a little thing, like a little moment where you go, yes, just to yeah, yourself. Stop yeah. and pause and be aware that something good happened and you're grateful for it. And I promise you, you will find more and more things to celebrate and be grateful for. I love it. That's a great Thank note you. to end on. Heather, can you just share how you would like people to reach out to you? Yeah. Are you on LinkedIn? You're on LinkedIn, I think. I am right? on LinkedIn. I'm not super active on LinkedIn. It's something that I would like to maybe put a little more focus on, but um, me and social media have we have a love-hate relationship. Instagram so. is great. You're very active on Instagram. I am very active on Instagram, but I am on LinkedIn. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. My website is vicaryandco.com. And from there, you can find all my social links. You can email me. I, I connect with everyone. I would love to chat with you. Um, I do have some one-on-one -on -one coaching stuff available, some opportunities available. There's the Spark Collective, human design readings, any of that. But if you just want to get to know me and come and hang out and like chat, oh, I do a, the first Friday of every month, I have a free manifestation power hour. So we just get together for an hour and we speak our dreams out loud and we start to figure out pathways to creating all of those dreams. It's super fun. So lots of different ways to connect. That's fantastic. And I feel like anybody who's looking for a job or they're trying to figure out what their dream job is, where they want to see themselves in the next year, I think this is, would be perfect. So all of that will be in the show notes, Heather. Thank you Great. so much. It was so much fun having you on. We really, we covered a lot. <laughs> we did. We did. Emily, thank you so much for having me. Thanks everybody for listening. You know, go out and choose bravely. You're worth it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Career Cohort. I'm Emily Wong. You can find all my podcasts and blog posts at wordsofdistinction.net. And if you'd like to chat about how I can help you define the next step in your career and achieve your goals, head on over to the same website and book a time on my calendar for a free consult. In the meantime, please be sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great content.